Amen, amen, amen. All right, you guys may be seated. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Um, if we have any kids here today, we want to um, dismiss them to see kids. So if any kids are here, they can go right on out to see kids. Um, also, uh, we want to make sure that you remember we have connection cards. You should have got one in your program or where you first came in. Please look inside your programs, fill out those connection cards. If you have any prayer requests, if you want to get connected to the church in any kind of way, if you want to be involved um, in service, if you want to be involved in ministry, if you want to know how to be connected and be a part of uh, Centerpoint, Kent Island, we'd be more than glad to walk with you. But we need to know that through that information in your connection card. We just kind of want to update us on what's going on in life. Fill that connection card, and when the offering basket comes by later on, put that in there or drop it off at our guest table. Um, I'm going to ask you guys to do one more thing real quick. Actually, two more things. So here's one of two. You guys ready? All right, one more time. Make sure you go on the other side of the room and kind of greet somebody and give a little love beyond where you are in your section. I know. Come on. Up, 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 up. Get up. Get up. Come on and greet somebody. Amen, amen, amen. Way too much love going on this morning. Way too much love. All right, that's awesome. <clears throat> well, we're so glad to have you here at Centerpoint, Kent Island. It's amazing to see your faces. Happy New Year to all of you guys that we didn't get a chance to say Happy New Year's to. Um, Happy New Year, too. So glad to see you guys here. Um, we're starting a new series here entitled Faith Without Works Doesn't Work. It's a very long title, so we just kind of entitled it Faith Works. Faith Works. Um, uh, before we get into our passage of scripture, um, if you have your Bibles, please feel free to turn to the book of James, the second chapter, James, the second chapter. But while you're flipping through to James, the second chapter, I want you to imagine <clears throat> that you are a parent that has a child that is 13 or 14 years old and they play hockey. You're laughing so far. You're kind of like, yeah, that's my life. But imagine you have a kid that's 13 or 14 year old and he plays hockey. And last weekend, or this weekend, or last weekend, you decide to go with your travel team to Pennsylvania. You travel up to Pennsylvania for this amazing travel hockey team tournament. You're excited. You can't wait. And as you're watching your kids skate around the ice, scoring goals, being physical, enjoying the game, 
all of a sudden you see punches exchanged between your kid's team and the other kid's team. And not just punches, you see punches like these guys are going full blast Mike Tyson punch out. These guys who are your kids who you have carpooled from sporting event to the other sporting event are in the middle of the ring and they are brawling and they are fighting and they are swinging and there's tears in kids' eyes and you don't know what happened because you were just sitting there enjoying a really physical game that got tougher and tougher and all of a sudden this fight breaks out. How do you feel? How do you respond? What thoughts are in your head when you don't see Exactly, when you don't see anything different in the rink, but all of a sudden, it is an all-out fight for your life brawl. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of James, the second chapter. I'm going to ask that you stand as we read this passage of Scripture. James, the second chapter, starting at verse 14 through 15, and it reads like this. What good is... What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye and have a good day. Stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds it is dead and useless. You guys can be seated. We're talking today for this next few weeks, the series that we're doing entitled Faith Works. Faith Works. Faith Works. We're dealing with this passage of scripture and we're dealing with this topic and this idea because we're starting to, to look at life a little bit differently. We're going to start viewing life through the eyes of Christ. We're going to start viewing life through the eyes of how God desires for us to move on. We're going to view life through the process of trying to figure out what God's ultimate goals are for us as believers. I want to share with you guys just today two points. I know the Ravens play today, and so I want to get you home as early as possible. Um, for all of you Raven fans, for all of you that do not like the Cowboys, you didn't pray hard enough, and we'll, we'll, pray, we'll start again next week and figure out if we can let God do what he's supposed to do. Amen? Bless Jesus. Um, so... I know we, all, we got these ravens out here, and, and you guys are ready to go, so I'm going to only give you two points today. I want to share with you these two points. The first point I want to share with you is, how does this faith help? Here's what verse 14 says again in James 2. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? He asked this question. He says, let me ask you a question. You have this faith. What is this faith? This faith that you believe in, that you hold on dear to. Faith is this thing that you have a strong, strong, strong belief principle that you grab onto, that it is yours, that you have embodied it. He says, you have this faith, and what is your faith? He says, this faith is that you are a believer of Jesus Christ, that you follow him, that you serve him, that you give him your all, that you understand that he died on the cross for you, that he rose from the dead, that he saved you from your sins, that he's here to bring hope to a hopeless world, that he's the God of the universe that saves. He's a father to the fatherless, a mother to the motherless. He goes down the list of saying, this is the faith that you believe in. This is the truth that you hold dear to your heart. This is the faith in the God that serves and saves. This is the faith of the God that changes your life. And let me ask you a question with all of this faith, do you you have, what are you doing with it? 
He asked the question with this faith that you hold so dear and so tight and so close to you. What exactly are you doing with this faith? Are you willing to see circumstances and situations pop up in your life, the hurt of people and loved ones, and do absolutely nothing with this faith that you claim is so dear and so true and so rich? What are you doing with this faith? I believe that we have a lot of people, a lot of Christians that have tremendous and amazing faith. They know all the Bible scriptures. They go to church on time. They do all the churchy things that they need to do. But when it comes down to serving and putting God first and putting him in a way where people can see the fingerprints of God, is that action there? He says in the scripture, he says, he says, he says, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but you but you do not show your actions. He says, if I don't see your faith in works, then can I really see your faith? Ooh. He says, if I don't see your faith in actions, then I don't see your work. This word action means work. This word work means to literally be employed to do something. If I see you with your plumber's tag on, and this building is flooded with sewage, and you're sitting there drinking your cup of coffee while there's all kinds of sewage, all kinds of sewage, and you're not doing anything, then I got to ask you, Mr. Plumber, why are you not working? He says that we are the representation of Christ, that we are the character of Christ, we are the representation of Christ, that we are, we are the model of Christ. He says we have our badge of Christianity on, and he says, are you putting any work into what your badge says you are? He says, what is it? Why is it so good that you have this faith? What's so powerful about this faith that you believe in, but there's no action, there's no work, there's no evidence of what you believe in? You're a plumber. Well, all, all, sh all this stuff is floating around. Trying to be Christian early in the morning, use my good Christian words. It smells and it stinks and it's horrible in this world and in this community and in the streets and in the neighborhood and in your job and in your house and everywhere else. And you have your plumber Christian badge on, but you do nothing but sit and drink your coffee. There might be a problem. There was this African-American young man that had been playing hockey all his life. And at 13, he decided to go join a more competitive team. And he went over to the Odington hockey team 25 minutes away. And he joined their travel team, predominantly white hockey team. And he joined this travel team because he wanted to be with the best of the best. And so last weekend, they went to a tournament in Pennsylvania. And as he's skating along the ice with his teammates, the other team is skating and saying all kinds of racial slurs. As he's skating up and down that rink, trying his best with his teammates, they're saying, why don't you go play basketball? They're starting to make sounds like a monkey. They're calling him all kinds of names as he's skating up and down this rink. 
And finally, his teammates get so frustrated that they start this fight with this other team. And he begins to fight, and he fights harder than his teammates. And so he ends up getting ejected from the match. And the rule is in youth sports, when you're in a tournament or in a game, if you get ejected, you're out for the rest of that tournament or you're out for that, that next game. And so the parents come and they huddle up and they say, why would you guys fight? Why would you risk getting involved in this fight? Why would you risk being put out of this game or the tournament? What were you thinking? What was going through your head? And their teammates with tears in their eyes told their moms and their dads, they said that they, that they attacked our teammate on this rank all day long and we couldn't take it anymore. And so we said, forget it, we don't care, and they fought for their teammate. And these parents were so outraged that one mom went home and she printed out, she went to her office, printed out this thing, and she made up these stickers and these signs, and she passed it out to the teammates. They put it on their uniforms that said, hockey, not hate, and they had a hockey stick that went across the middle of hate, and it was this giant no hate sign, this no symbol, and they skated, they made signs, and the parents cheered as their kids skated up and down the rink for the rest of the weekend. And the father of this young man African-American young kid, he put it on Instagram what happened and then 200 other players and other teams asked, can we get these stickers? Can we get these badges? How can we represent hockey, no hate? How can we start this movement? And then somebody contacted dad and said, listen, I would like to start a class with you and show people how to love people and respect people through sports. I would like to work through all of these social issues that we have. And that just happened last weekend. I would suspect that not everyone on that team knows Jesus Christ. I would suspect that every parent that's involved with their child in that rink didn't know Jesus Christ. But when they saw a issue or a problem, they stepped up and took it to the next level to support, to sow in, to change, to deliver, to help bring change. And I guess the question is, we are a body of believers, and some of us are struggling to figure out if we're going to serve on the coffee team or not. Ugh, it's tight today. Some of us are figuring out if we're going to be a part of serving and finding who Jesus is and loving him and supporting him in ways that we're going to have to give financially, give mentally, give emotionally. What can we give? What can we do? We have all of these plumber badges that say we represent the Lord Jesus Christ. But I have to ask you, are you matching up to the job that's being asked of you to do, which is to share the faith of our Lord and our Savior? It's inconvenient. It requires my time. It's hard work. It requires my resources. I got more kids than I got money. <laughs> I get it. But where is the faith that matches and adds up to the badge, to the title, to the position you have? It's great to say God bless you and amen, but where's the work? All right, they don't want to deal with that one. Fine, let's go to the next verse. Watch this. What faith should look like? 
we saw that this one kind of faith that we just talked about is the faith of believing. But it says at the very end, he says, if you don't put the work in, if you don't put the action in, if you don't put the things involved in, he says, how can this faith save? How can this faith change lives? How can this faith deliver? How can this faith do something? It's the same faith that through somebody that preached the gospel ended up causing you to be saved. Hello? It's the same faith that Jesus put in and he worked through hundreds of thousands of people that they prayed on different countries and different cities and different streets for people to be saved, that you receive salvation. But why are we not putting in any work? He says, how does that faith help? Point number two, he says, what faith should look like? James 2, 15 through 17 reads like this. Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, Goodbye and have a good day. Stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. He says all the faith, all the belief, all the trust, all the scriptures, all the bumper stickers, all that stuff that you have, all those things that you do, dropping the kids off at youth ministry, youth retreat, all that stuff that you do. If we don't see the evidence of you putting in work behind what you believe, we got an issue. I don't have an issue. You have an issue if we're not following and serving God. I have an issue if I'm not following and serving God and putting him first in the things and the hands and the feet that people can feel and see Christ. Man. Sorry, guys. What happens when you get two points, Mike? <laughs> it's just what happens. He says, I want you to understand that the only way that you will experience the power of God, the only way that you will experience the truth of God, the only way people will understand what salvation is and people will get saved is that you have to put hands and feet to what you believe in. You have to put hands and feet to your faith. Can I give you a really good and a really bad illustration of who I am as a person? Sure, you're welcome. Here you go. Three weeks ago, a pastor over the bridge sends, a, sends an email and says, listen, somebody at another church who's over the bridge and has a church over here wants to know if we can do some kind of prison work for this person that's incarcerated. And I was like, that's not what we're scheduled to do. So no. Like my plan right now is to focus on getting our church structurally on point. You guys with me? And I don't have time to figure out how to create a ministry when we're trying to structure our ministry to be amazing. I don't have time to worry about doing something else. Like, I got to focus on this. And then this pastor texts one of the, the elders and texts me and, or emails me an elder, and he sends us the same message again like the very next day. And I'm kind of like, well, I'll see if the elder takes care of it. And if not, then oh well. With me? I got stuff to focus on. I don't have time to worry about this. I need to focus on structure here. I don't have time to structure anything else. This is me. Sorry. I'm focused. I got a job to do. Two weeks later, the same church emails Christian church administrator and says, listen, we have this ministry. Oh, we have this person over here that's hurting. Do you have any kind of Bible study prison ministries that can help this person that's over here in this church? It's three times in two weeks about the same prison ministry by a church that has a church over there and over here, but they're coming to us. <sighs> Y'all a big-time church. Why don't you go figure it out? 
That's what I said. Like, I didn't type it out, but that's what I said out loud. Like, I got, I got an elders meeting. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, sometimes I'm a jerk. I wasn't there today. But I was like, man, I got other Jesus stuff to figure out. I don't have time for this. I'm working on the elders meeting and agendas. It's not part of my agenda. So I said to Chris, and I said, listen, we already got nine things on the agenda. Clearly, God is trying to get our attention. Put this stupid uh, church ministry uh, detention stuff on our agenda. Eye roll emoji face. That's what happened. The very next day, the same pastor from over the bridge emails me an email from the church that we just talked to and said that we would pray about and get back to them. He's now sending me the email that they sent us talking about, can we help them? And I'm saying to myself, how many times are you going to keep reaching out to me about this detention prison ministry thing when they have two churches on both sides of the bridge? Why are they not over there? And I said, listen, Pastor Dude, I'm going to go ahead and our elders are going to meet this weekend and we'll talk about it. I got you. We'll take care of it. We don't even know how to do a prison ministry. That's not on my agenda for right now, but we'll figure it out. And then this pastor guy says, that's funny because I have a relative that does prison ministry. And why don't you take his number and maybe he can give you some ideas on how to do it. (laughs) Thank you, Pastor Dude, for this information. I will follow up with your relative immediately, and we will see what we have to do. Amen. I got to sit with my elders. I, y'all hear all this I, right? I'm trying to structure church. I'm trying to get us on point to go to these. I'm, 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 I'm trying to do all this stuff. And here comes this prison detention ministry stuff that's not in my plans. As I'm driving to the elders meeting, mad, not playing my Jesus music, because I got nine other important things on my stuff to do. I just want to bring it up so we can talk about it. God says to me, didn't you just talk about last week being a church of the community? Yes. Didn't you just preach a series two, two, two series ago talking about hearing the voice of God and that I speak through circumstances? Yes. Are you willing to be my hands and feet, faith without works? Isn't that serious you're doing this week? Shut up. <laughs> so we had this elders meeting on Friday, and we are passionately talking about and figuring out what are the things we can do to be active and pray and seek God's face on how we can get involved in a prison ministry that's not on my agenda. Because it ain't my agenda at the end of the day. It's God's. And his plan may be extremely inconvenient to my or your plans, but it's still his plan. And if he is calling for us to be the hands and feet, I don't know how to, I don't know this prison. I've spoken at prisons, almost went to prison, but that's another story. Listen, <laughs> twice, but that's another story. Like, like I've, I've almost been there. I've, I've spoken at prisons. I've spoken at youth detention centers. I don't know the full idea of how to structure and lay this thing out, but I'm also not going to ignore his voice to do it. 
And when elders say, let's find God's heart, let's pray, let's seek his face. And while we're praying, we're going to grab as much information as we can on how to do this, because we're not just going to pray about it, but we're going to be active in seeing how far we can go. If we can partner with this other church that has two churches on both sides of the bridge that got more money than us, that's asking us to do a prison ministry. I'm sorry, I'm getting frustrated. If we're a church that's willing to say we got agendas and plans and we're trying to get people to serve on the coffee team, but we're willing to look at how we can get people to go into a ministry, we can't get folks to serve at our own church, but we're trying to see God on how to serve a place we don't even have any hands and feet in yet. We're willing to step up to the plate because we'd rather do the work that God would be pleased with than figure out our own agenda, our own schedule, our own time. And the question comes down to, if faith works, then why can't we trust God enough to put in the work? He says, the kind of faith that you need is not one that proclaims Jesus Christ, but it's the kind that proclaims it and lives it and does it. We got way too many people screaming, do this, do this, do that. You shouldn't do this. What about Christ? What about Jesus? Where are you in this process, though? I said last week, it's one thing, it's one thing to be in the game. It's another thing to watch it. It's another thing to sit on the sidelines and be like, yeah, I get it. That's an amazing game. It's another thing to have your jerseys on and all that stuff, and you look great. It's another thing to be in the game and actually play it. We have all these people that are game eligible. Ain't too many folks in between the lines. Hello. This is not to guilt you into serving. This is to let you think about what am I doing and where am I and what can I do? We have ministries outside this church. We have ministries inside this church. We want to plug people in to experience the very best God. Read through this verse with me. It says, verse 16, we'll start this. says, and you say goodbye and you, and you and have a good day. Stay warm, eat well, but then you don't give this person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So, so you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless you produce good work or good deeds. It is dead and useless. He says, not Brian Wade. The scriptures say, not Brian Wade, that if there is no work to our faith, then what we believe is almost rendered useless. Not by him, but by what we are inactively doing. Y'all see it? Faith by itself isn't enough unless you what? Produce good deeds. It is dead and useless any other way. You can proclaim Jesus Christ. You can preach Jesus Christ. You can, you can quote it from the mountaintops. You can, you can live by the scriptures. You can have it taped and everybody paints their little scriptures on their door and on their walls and this house is blessed and blessed beyond the Lord follow them in and take them home with you you got all this stuff but if we're not living it out and we're not putting our hands and feet to the process of showing off Jesus and what we say and what we do and who we are if we are just nothing more than billboards but not actually doing the work we render what we believe to be true 
useless in our inactiveness. My dad is, is a good dude, police officer, 22 years, D.C. police officer. Crimes, missing persons, uh, narcotics, he worked all those units. My dad was in the Air Force before that. Racial relations instructor toward the end of his time in the Air Force. You guys have told, you heard me say I got a brother, half brother. Me and my brother can talk about how amazing our dad was. We can never say that our dad was a dad. Did y'all catch that? We can say how amazing he was, how great his reputation was, how much people looked up to him, how much people respected him, how much people thought so highly of him, and they still do. But me and my brother from two different homes can never say that our dad was a great dad. He had the title. He had two sons. He showed up to a game here and there, but he never fathered us. Are you guys tracking? And I remember at seven years old saying, I'm going to be a better dad than my dad at seven. And even live life to the fullest. Don't be the dad that is known for being great, but not being a great dad. Don't be the Christian that's known for being a great Christian, but we don't have your fingerprints and evidence that you have done Christian-y kind of things. He says, all that faith, all that belief, all that truth, all that following, if you don't have fingerprints, if you don't have work to it, it's rendered useless, not by God's representation, but by the fact we didn't represent God to the best of our ability. Faith works when you and I work. Faith works when we put our hands to the plow and we do not turn around or look back. Faith works when we are faithful and dedicated, even though we may not be the best singer, we may not be the best smiler, the best greeter, the best show up on a tiner. I don't even know I'm just talking. To, we, we may not be the best person to pick up a chair, but we are here and we're working and we're putting all that we can in. Why? Because we believe that the God of the universe will experience Blessings through the ability of us putting in our work to change lives. Here's your takeaway for today. It said, thank you, Lord. We see our faith by what we do. We see our faith by what we do. It's how we love people. It's how we help people. How we pray for people how we're willing to serve others in this community, in our very homes, in our church, with our children. We see our faith by what we do. The question is, when are we going to let people experience our faith by what we do? The question is, when do we let people experience our faith by what we do? I got more emails, text messages, Facebook messages, more congratulations and high fives from people in this church last week when we said we are doubling down on serving our community. Were you guys here last week? Who was, it? Who was here last week? Let's do it that way. Mm, mm, mm. Put your hands down. It's the holidays. We'll let you slide. 
I'm going to upload the podcast, I think, this weekend. should be up by Sunday. Uh, should be up Sunday. But we literally said that we're putting more money in our community than we ever have before as a church. We're doubling down on what we've been giving as a church to this community financially because we want to sow into this community. We got to put our money where our mouths are if we want to change our community. We also got to put hands and feet into our church and into our community if we want to see life change. We don't need another church at Kent Island. We need people doing church work in Kent Island, which is the work of the Lord. You can plant 50 churches and everybody can have their little personal club and click, but if you're not putting in the work, you've missed the mark. I don't want to be another amazing place with billboards and logos and signs and yay, look, we're awesome. That's great. We're building towards a coffee bar. Whatever. We build towards the lives of people by doing the work of Christ. Let's pray. Father God, touch our minds, touch our hearts, touch our spirits. Let our faith be our action. Let our faith be seen in how we are willing to sacrifice for others, love others, put others first. Let our faith be seen that we trust you and we believe you and we obey you and we're willing to do whatever it takes to have your name reach great levels, that people would be saved. Father, stretch us out of our comfort zones. Stretch us to walk into you faithfully. Stretch us to grow Stretch us to go beyond what we believe is acceptable, what we believe is okay, what we believe is comfortable, that we can walk out to be your hands and your feet, that people are saved, that people are encouraged, that lives are changed, that we are the men and women and children of God that walk out your truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Good morning, Centerpoint. You guys can go ahead and have a seat real quick. I just have a couple of things to go over. Um, but what I do want to do is um, one of the things that I have um, taken over is um, as the leader is for C-Kids. Um, so I'm going to be the director of C-Kids going forward. And what I would like to do real quick is if you have served in C-Kids in any capacity, if you could just stand up for a second. If everybody could just give these people a round of applause. These people are our backbone because all of our little people who we don't want in the service because they're going to create chaos and craziness and all that stuff, we want them to be learning about Jesus on their level. And these teachers are the ones that teach them about Jesus on their level. And we want to love on those kids. They are adorable. Um, they are so cute, and we love each and every one of them. But we need help. We need people to help us and see kids. As you could see, there was five people, I think, that stood up. Um, we obviously have a couple that are back there this morning. Um, but I, just, I also want to thank Colleen. Um, she was our nursery director all last year, and she did an amazing job. Um, she served for a year, and now she's stepping down so she can focus on some family stuff. And we have a new nursery director, which is Monet. Um, so if you get a chance to welcome her and say hello, that would be great. Um, I also want to thank Stephanie Bradfield for her service in the preschool. Um, she was the preschool director for a really long time um, and did an amazing job with that. And um, obviously, Renee Esposito, she is our children's director. So we are looking for currently a preschool director. Um, we need somebody who would just mind helping scheduling and organizing the preschool, make sure they're ready to go on Sunday mornings and things like that. And obviously, I will help assist with that. I'm not going to like, you know, here you go. Have fun with it. Run with it. Um, but we also need volunteers in the sea kids. So nursery workers, um, preschool, and elementary. Um, elementary, we only have a couple right now. So if, if you feel led to um, step up in one of those areas, we would greatly appreciate it. And one of the ways you can let me know, um, because you might be able to tell me Sunday after church and I'll walk out the door and totally forget. Um, but if you, so you have your connection card. So on the front of it, one of the things that you can check is to serve at Center Point. And then on the back, underneath of questions or comments, if you just want to write the area that you would like to serve in, that would be great. And I get the connection cards, so then I can, even if it's not with C-Kids, even if it's in another area that you really feel like God is leading you towards, um, helping out, if you put that on the back of the connection card, then I will connect you with that leader and put you in place um, where you need to be. So anyway, so I just wanted to give a little plug for C-Kids. 